Matthew 15, Jesus has said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it's not just about bad manners. It's not about, you know, just saying things that might be hurtful. It's understanding that the very thing that is coming out of our mouth has been lurking, has been stirring in our hearts. And over time, we've created these, these really fancy filtering systems that try to press that stuff down. And we've learned that, hey, in certain situations or settings, those aren't the right things to say. And so we, we filter and we filter and we filter, but we never deal with the heart issue. And what Jesus says is, that, hey, that thing that finally pierced through your filtering system isn't a one-off. Like that stuff's lurking in our hearts. And then Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus, says this. He says, above all else, and we've talked about this, he's saying, hey, I'm going to give you a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight, a lot of understanding and knowledge on all kinds of topics. But above all the other things I tell you, here's what I'm going to tell you. Guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. In other words, hey, I want you to put a guard outside of your heart because all of life flows from this one thing, the heart. And of course, the big question is, how? And so over the, next, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at an individual heart issue. The first week, we looked at guilt. And we said, we got to look through the lens of a debt-debtor relationship. So guilt says, I owe you. Because we're indebted, right? Guilt says, I owe you. And the, what breaks guilt down, in other words, if you use guilt or you're always feeling guilt or you use manipulation with other people, the very thing that breaks the power of guilt in, in your life is confession. But it's confession not just to God. It's confession to the person you've sinned against. And if you struggle with anger, anger says, you owe me. You're indebted to me. You did something wrong to me. And so now you're angry at them. And we said what breaks the power of anger in our lives is forgiveness. And we can push back and say, well, they didn't, they, you know, they'll keep doing it if I forgive them. Listen to me. Forgiveness is a gift to yourself. You forgive those who hurt you, even if they never ask you. Because forgiveness breaks the power of anger in our lives. And so today, we're going to look at another heart issue. And the heart issue we're going to look at today is jealousy. See, and when we even say the word jealousy, we can often think that this is something that is kind of for kids, right? It's a child. It feels, jealousy feels childish. It feels immature. Like, you know, if you want to see jealousy, just go walk down to the preschool and see a child with a toy that another cho you know, child wants, and you'll see jealousy, right? It happens so quickly with kids, and we, and we think it's such a childish thing. And so, I mean, we don't, as adults, mature people, like, we don't struggle with that stuff, right? I mean, maybe in middle school, maybe in high school when you got jealous over a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? Like, maybe then you experience some jealousy, but now you're older. Now you're more mature, and so we don't struggle with that stuff, do we? And if you're honest, it's probably way easier and more acceptable to say that you struggle with anger or you can struggle with feeling guilty. But it's so much harder to admit that I really struggle with being jealous because we think it's an issue of maturity. And we think that as I get older, we shouldn't struggle with this any longer. But the problem is 
We do. And maybe, just think about it, maybe there's somebody you don't like, all right? Just think about this. Maybe there's somebody you don't like, and if you were to try to peel back and try to understand and figure out, like, why is it that I don't even like them? It could be because they have something that you don't have. They've been able to get farther in their career than you've been able to get. Maybe they've been able to get the attention that you've always longed for and that you never received. Maybe it's the fact that you've worked just as hard, if not harder than them, and they're getting paid more. Or they're getting farther along in their career. And again, there's just something there that you don't like about them. And what is all that? It's jealousy. And again, we, we have ways. We have ways of justifying it, right? We have ways of, of, of kind of working around it. In other words, like, you, you, you know, the person that you're jealous of, like you'll say, you know, he's just too nice. He always smiles. I mean, how can somebody be that friendly all the time? especially in the morning, <laughs> right? She's just too pretty. I mean, it's gross, right? She's so skinny. She probably works out and never eats a single thing, right? I mean, again, I'm just, I'm just not comfortable around her. Well, sure, if I had that much money, I, but I would never fill in the blank. And we say these things, and we're critical of people that have something that we don't have. And here's what we'll say. Here, here's another phrase that, you'll, that we'll often say when we're jealous. Man, must be nice. Must be nice to have that nice house, that big old house. Must be nice to have that really nice car. Must be nice to be able to go on that vacation. Must be nice to have all that land that you can take your pastor hunting. Must be nice. Just throwing it out there. Must be nice <laughs> to have that boat, right? I mean, there's all these things. That, again, must be nice because we don't want to say that we're jealous. We don't want to say that we're envious because guess why? Because that would mean that there's actually a problem with me. Like there's a problem in my heart. So instead, I'd rather distance myself and be critical of you and maybe even gossip about you instead of dealing with the real issue in my heart. And here's another way that we'll do this. The way that jealousy comes out is when we often will play the fairness card. Right? It's just not fair that my husband works just as hard as he does, and we save, and we save, and right? You just go on. It's just not fair. It's not fair because my kids studied just as hard as their kids, and they didn't get into that college. They didn't get that scholarship. They didn't get that number that they needed to hit in order to be able to get all the benefits of going to school. It's just not fair. It's not fair that my kid has worked just as hard as them and they don't get all the playing time that that other kid gets. It's just not fair. And so none of those people, none of those people, if you were to ask them, none of them would admit that they're jealous. Because here's why. Because we camouflage our jealousy and our envy with it's not fair. And the truth is, and you already know this, <laughs> you just don't want to accept it. We don't want fair. You're like, no, 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 I really do. No, I'm like, uh-uh, 
You really, really don't. And here's why you don't want fair. Is that because that means overnight there would be such, there would just be this equal, imagine this, an equal distribution of wealth, talent, and health throughout the entire world. And all of us in here would go backwards. Like we would all lose significantly. I'm telling you, you do not want fair. And again, if that were to happen, what we, really, what, what we really want, come on, if we're honest, you're not looking for fair. What you really want is more. What we really want is better. And again, I know you want to push back and you're saying, no, 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 I, that, that's not true. I don't want more. That would be greedy. I don't want better. I just want fair. And I'm telling you, I would ask you, are you sure? Because here's what comes out of your mouth. Must be nice to live in that house, in that neighborhood. Better. Must be nice to be able to do all those things. More and better. Must be nice to be able to drive that car. Must be nice. Like, I wish I could send my kids to those kind of schools. I mean, I wish I could look like her better. Like, there's all these things. And again, what exposes in us, because it eats at us, is this is our jealousy. This is where we get envious. And the crazy thing is, here's, here, here, here's, here's what's crazy to me. If we had more or better it wouldn't resolve the issue because jealousy is a heart issue. It's not a circumstance issue. It's a heart issue. It's not a circumstance issue. Because if all of a sudden, think about it, if all of a sudden you had a nicer vehicle and a bigger home and you had all the, you know, the things that you keep making comments and your kid gets more playing time, you'd still be a jealous person. And so what's going to happen is it's now, your jealousy is now just going to shift to the next person. Or it's going to shift to the, the next situation. Because you've never dealt with, you've always blamed them and looked at them and you've never dealt with the issue that's been lurking and stirring in your heart. And part of the problem, here's the dilemma. Part of the problem is when I'm jealous, I think you're the problem. When I'm jealous, you must be the problem. But we know that's not the case because here's why. You can't solve my problem. And here's how I know this. The one thing that you can do to make me feel better about me is going to expose me. Think about it. If I'm jealous of you, what's the one thing you can do to make me feel better? Here it is. The thing that you can do to make me feel better since I'm jealous is you can fail. Because, man, I tell you what, when you fail, it makes me feel a whole lot better about me. Just, again... Just think about it. Wow, I'm really sorry to hear that you wrecked that beautiful new sports car. I'm really sorry to hear that you didn't get that promotion. Man, that's, 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 that's terrible that that didn't quite work out for you that way. Did you see her at the pool? I told you after that baby she would never be able to get that figure back. 
Here's, here's how pastors do it. When a church is growing, churches of, of much smaller churches, here, uh, pastors of much smaller churches, here's, here's what they'll start saying. Well, you know that church, they obviously don't preach the word of God because there's no way all those people would be going to that church like ours. Right? That's how it comes out. See, this jealousy thing, it's gross. It's slimy. There's just this, like, think about it. When you celebrate, like, I've literally heard, like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that your child got injured and now can't play, so my child gets more playing time. And this thing that is lurking in our hearts is the fact that we are happy or celebrate other people's failure. Come on. What is that in us? What is that rooted in our hearts? And what Scripture is trying to help us understand is this jealousy. And hear me. They, the person you're jealous of, is not the problem. The problem is what's sitting in your heart. Listen to what 1 Peter says. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, because in 1 Peter chapter 1, he's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he says, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, so, in other words, because of what was just said in chapter 1, because of the gospel, get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. And, of course, the natural question is how? I mean, this is what we've been talking about. How do we guard our hearts? How do we get rid of this stuff and guard our hearts? I, I, I was hoping I, I just hadn't. I know we have too many things going on this morning, so I know we didn't have time to do this. But I'm, I'm going to try to illustrate it this way. So I want you to imagine three people. I was going to invite three people up here and do this, but I knew I'd run out of time. So imagine the person in the middle. One, two, three. Okay? Number two. If I gave you, and I want you to put yourself in each person's shoes as I walk through this. Okay? If I gave number two, the person right here, if I gave them $1,000, and some of you are going, man, I really wish you would have done that illustration with us this morning. But if I would have given you $1,000, like you'd be blown away. Like you'd be so joy, overjoyed. You'd be so thrilled. Like you would be so excited. And the other people over here are like, man, that's pretty awesome. Like I can't wait to see what I get. But I'm going to say, hey, bro, listen, you didn't do anything to deserve this. I just wanted to give you this. It's my money, 1000 bucks. Appreciate you being here this morning, right? And you're like, yes, person one. And I'm like, here's the deal, bro. I'm not going to be able to give you $1,000 because I just gave $1,000 to him. But what I'm going to give you is a brand new car. And you'd be going, this is, I love Life Church, right? Like this is the bet. Like I must have been done something awesome for God to bless me so greatly, right? Like I get a car. So let me ask you a question. What do you think number two is thinking about? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You were cool with the thousand bucks until you saw what somebody else got, right? And all of a sudden you're like, why didn't I get a nice car? Right? Like I got just a thousand, just a thousand bucks. Like you were already figuring out how you could spend it and pay off debt or my wife get more pillows, right? Like you would, <laughs> you would figure that stuff out. Oh, number three is going, man, a thousand bucks a car. What am I getting? I'm going to give number three an apple. Yeah, exactly. You're going, what? An apple, like a thousand bucks in a car and an apple? And guess what? Number two's going, well, yeah, I'm bummed that I didn't get that, but I'm sure glad I didn't get an apple, right? Number one over here is going, man, I just must be blessed. 
Like, I must be a really good dude because God has blessed me significantly. Number three goes, hey, apples are good for you, and I'd be cool with this if they got apples, but it's not fair that they got these awesome gifts, and I just got a stinking, lousy apple. Now, hear me. Who is number three mad at? I want you to think about this. Who is number three, the guy with the apple? Who's he mad at? Because if you remove me, the gift giver, if you remove me out of the equation, all they have to do is look at what each other has. They're looking at their stuff. And guess what? They start making accusations. They start saying stuff about each other. They start getting jealous with one another. But when you put me back into the equation, the gift giver, who are they mad at? Me. Who is number two? The guy that had a thousand bucks, grateful that he didn't get the apple, but wishes he would have got the car. Who's he mad at? Me. Why? Because I chose who got the certain gifts. And here's the heart of this issue that we all need to understand. The person that you are angry with is God. When you're jealous, you're angry with God because God is the gift giver. And jealousy says this. Jealousy says, God, you owe me. God owes me. That's where jealousy is. When you're jealous, God, you could have given me a different kind of body. God, you could have given me more money. God, you owe me. You owe me. You owe me more opportunities. You owe me that relationship. You owe me better health. You owe me some children. You owe me better parents. And until you and I recognize that the problem isn't with them, our problem is with God. That's who our problem with. And honestly, you're saying, God, I really think, like, you ripped me off. I got a bad deal. You think God could have put you in a different kind of family. God could have kept that accident from happening. God could have kept your health from declining. God could have, right? And God could have, and God could have, and God could have, and God could have kept your business afloat and made sure that you were, like, you can fill in all those blanks. But here's the reality. When God was handing out all the stuff, here's how you feel. I got this lousy apple, and everybody else got money and a car. God, you owe me. It's not fair. And I'm going to tell you, you're right. It's not. And God never said he would be fair. He would be good. And he would be just. But fairness was lost in the garden. And God gets to choose how he distributes talents, skill, ability, wealth, power to whomever God wants to. I want you to look at this passage. You may or may not be familiar with the book of Daniel, but... This is, and I'm just going to, normally we work through a book of the Bible or a passage of Scripture, but this morning I'm giving you a number of different passages. But in Daniel chapter 4, and I want you to realize that this is a pagan king. 
And this pagan king who doesn't even believe in God comes to this realization. And listen to what he says. He says, he, talking meaning about God, he does, does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the, pow, and the peoples of the earth so no one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? In other words, you can't say, God, why did you do it? Like, God, what in the world have you done? And this pagan king comes to the realization that God is going to do whatever he wants to do, and he can distribute power and wealth and might, and he can do whatever he wants and distribute however he wants, and nobody gets to say, God, that's not fair. God, what did you do? Listen to how David, King David, why don't you listen to how he articulates it. In 1 Chronicles 29, he says, Wealth and honor come from you, talking about God. Wealth and honor come from God. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. And later in the passage it says, to whomever you choose. See, in the New Testament, we see that God distributes spiritual gifts. There's all these different spiritual gifts. We have the gift of leadership, the gift of, of helps, the gift of service, the gift of giving, the gift of mercy. Like, there's a number of different spiritual gifts. This is why when we talk, we talk about serving and using your gifts. That God, when you accepted Christ, God gave you spiritual gifts for his kingdom and his glory. So when you only use it for your benefit and to build your bank account, you're robbing the church, the kingdom, from the way God distributes distributed them. You're only using, it's okay to use them for you, but he says the purpose of those gifts is to, to build the church, the local body. And so when we say, hey, there's ways to serve, and you're like, yeah, I don't got time. God's like, oh, excuse me, I, dis I distributed those gifts to you for this purpose. Make time. Prioritize time. It's like a body saying, eh, my right arm's just not going to work today. We're the body. We work together for the ultimate purpose of bringing God glory. And so scripture says that he distributed those gifts as he saw fit, as God willed. That means he did not distribute them evenly to everybody because he chooses. So when I look at you and I don't like you because you have something that I don't have, then this really is an issue with me and God. Like, you know, I'm upset with you. I'm jealous of you because maybe you have kids and I don't have kids and I've always prayed to have kids. And so, God, I'm really upset with you. Or how did you get that house? Or how did you get that vehicle? Or how did you get that vacation spot? And then we start down. And again, the wisest thing for us to do is to remember that, that, that is jealousy speaking, and that is not the problem. The problem is what is lurking in my heart. And again, you probably want to say to God, here's, here's what I'm going to encourage you to say. God, I never told you this before. <clears throat> but I think you ripped me off. I think you gave me a raw deal. God, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, I... And God says, I, I really do. I believe God would say, I'm glad you finally admitted it. This could be that one of the healthiest discussions you ever have. 
that you're going to go before God, and God's going, and you're probably thinking, can God handle that? I mean, I don't want to hurt God's feet. Like, and I'm just telling you, God's going, no, 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 no. I've already known about it. I've just been waiting for you to deal with it. You've been blaming everybody else, and you're never going to be able to love people and really care for people while that is still lurking in your heart. So why don't you just admit it and come to me, and let's start dealing with that issue. And you're like, but man, if I say that out loud, will God strike me dead? I'm just going to tell you, if God wanted to strike you dead, he would have stricken you dead because of all the other stuff going on in your life. I'm just kidding. But here's the thing I want you to understand. God loves you. He cares about you. He pursues you. He's chosen you. He wants relationship with you. He wants you to deal with that stuff that's sitting in your heart. And if we don't deal with this jealousy in our hearts, then it's going to stunt our growth as disciples of Jesus because we'll never be able to love God and love others the way he's called us to. In fact, I want you to listen to how Paul gives us clarity of the difference between love and jealousy. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. You know what he's saying? In other words, you can't carry envy and love in your heart at the same time. So when you're jealous, you have no capacity to love. He says, you got to get rid of it. Paul continues, he says, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. This is about, this is love. Love does, love's not proud, love's not rude, love's not self-seeking, love is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. So hey, by the way, when you celebrate, when somebody fails, when you're happy that they didn't get that thing or something that they had is ruined, like when you do that, what Paul is saying, that is the opposite of love. He says, but love rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Do you see the difference between love and jealousy? God wants us to realize that our issue isn't with the other person. The issue is that we have a problem with God. And until you deal with it, you'll continue to point. Right? Yeah, sure. God could have made you six foot four. God could have made you prettier. God could have made you more talented. God could have made you healthier. God could have made your kids smarter. God could have given you better parents. But come on, you know, yeah, God, God could have changed your metabolism. God could have, like, you just keep, you keep filling in the blanks of whatever you're upset or whatever you find that you continue to, to be jealous over. And again, the person you're upset at, what God would say, hey, the person you're upset with is not them, it's me. So let's deal with this together because until you do, until you do, you won't have healing. So here's what you need to do. You need to clean out your heart, and then you need to set a guard outside of your heart. And I'm going to give you three things. Let me give you three things that you need to do. Hopefully you received some notes when you came in. If you tune in online, uh, you've, you've got a card on there you can download and, and follow along. But the first thing is you need to embrace the truth that you believe that God owes you. Just go ahead. Embrace the truth. That when you're jealous, you really believe that God owes you. Put, put in there, entitlement. Your jealousy stems from somebody has something that you don't have and you deserve. 
You deserve it. So God, you owe me. So just embrace it. The second thing, confess your jealousy. Just confess it. Because you've been treating somebody a certain way and they don't know why. And, and again, they'll, say, they'll sit there and go, man, every single time it seems like they've always got some sarcastic comment. Like they always say something that just kind of just zings me. Like I, I don't get where that's coming from. Why, why do they seem to punish me with the silent trip? Like where in the world is that stuff coming from? Listen to me. Go to them and confess it and admit it. Like if you've mistreated somebody and you know, like, like you know. If you've done this, because of your envy, your jealousy, swallow your pride, admit it, and then go confess it to them. I'm telling you, it's powerful. Uh, I'm the youngest of four in my family. My oldest brother is 10 years older. And uh, my brothers are five foot eight. My sister's five three. My mom's five three. (laughs) <laughs> so, of course, they're like, you know, was it the cable guy, the milkman, where did you get your height, you know, that type of thing. And, uh, but, here, but here's what I always experienced from my older brother. and didn't understand why. Like, he always just, just treated me or said certain things because I, I was able to far exceed him in, in, in accomplishment as far as athletics. Uh, the churches that he always would lead. He, he was a pastor as well, and, and uh, the churches that he would lead would, would be really, really small, and God's just blessed me to be a part of churches that have always grown, and, and so he would, he would always make these comments and say these things, and, and it just bothered me, and it felt like jealousy, but, you know, I mean, like, my older brother's jealous with me. Like, that doesn't make any... And then a few years ago, he and I were talking he says, you know what, man? He goes, I, I need to tell you something. I have been jealous of you for years. And I was so angry because I wished that I would have been taller and faster and quicker and could jump and could do all these things. And, and then, you know, not only in sports did you exceed me, but then also with good looks. No, just he didn't say that part. <laughs> but, uh, but also, but in, in churches, like you, you seem to always... You know, being these churches that always grew, and, and yet the ones that I didn't always actually seemed to somewhat decline. And, and I just, he goes, will you please forgive me, man? Because I, I, as your older brother, I've just been jealous of you. And I'm going to tell you, I did not look down on him. I didn't think worse of him because I already felt it. It actually brought healing. And it actually gained respect for him. Because he took ownership of his stuff. And I'm just going to encourage you. Do that. And third and last thing, and this might be really hard for you, but I want you to celebrate the people that you tend to be jealous of. Celebrate the people that you tend to be jealous of. Because here's why. Celebration breaks the power of jealousy. With guilt, it's confession. With anger, it's forgiveness. With jealousy, it's celebration. And it's got to become a habit in your life. You've, you've got to celebrate the people that you're tempted to be jealous of. Listen, go up to that lady that you might be jealous of. Say, hey, you look so great in that dress this morning. I tell them, I'm so happy that you got that promotion. 
I'm so thrilled that you got to go on that African hunting trip, right? <laughs> wow, what an amazing house. I'm so happy that you guys got this. I'm so glad that you were able to get pregnant, even though internally you've prayed and asked and sought the Lord and haven't been able to, maybe. But you celebrated somebody else. And you need to learn how to authentically and publicly celebrate people because that will has such power to break your jealousy. And I know the pushback. You're going to say, but that, that doesn't sound very sincere. Of course it's sincere. Let me ask you. Is it a really nice house? Yes. That's the truth. If you struggle with it, listen to me, if you hesitate with it, it's not because it's not true. It's exposing of how just jacked up our hearts are. Because it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me feeling, God, you've done me wrong. And so I'm going to encourage you. You're not going to be able to love and live like Jesus. You're not going to be able to really... Uh, care for people well. If you allow that lurking thing stirring in your heart that's coming out of your mouth in all these different ways, and God says, guard your heart. Get rid of it first. Follow those three things, and then put a guard outside of your heart to make sure that you watch what's coming in and what's going out. I want to pray for us, and as I pray, I'm going to ask you some questions. And just so you know, after the, this, we're going to pray for Derek and Angela as we're celebrating them launching out as a new church. And so I would just ask that you would sit still with us. But I want, to, I want to ask you some questions. So you go ahead and close your eyes. I want to ask these questions. How are things in your heart? Be honest. Is there anybody that you're jealous of? And if you've discovered that you're struggling with jealousy or envy, would you be willing to get alone with God and just confess it? God, I know I've been jealous of her, or I know I've been jealous of him. And you kind of explain all that, but ultimately I realize my problem is with you. And I want to deal with this with you and with them. Would you be willing to do that? And would you apologize and ask for forgiveness, not only of the Lord because you've been holding this against him, which probably led to some of your anger, but would you be willing to go to the person that you've maybe kept at a distance or maybe gossiped or talked negatively about? And would you start the habit of just celebrating the success of who they are instead of what you don't have. God, thank you again for today. Thank you for beginning to peel back and open up and do some heart surgery with all of us. God, would we not get defensive and start giving excuses, but Lord, that we would just allow you to till our hearts so that you can plant these seeds so that it will bear good fruit that recognizes you as God and Savior and King, not our flesh. So Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.